hopefully my computer's not going to freeze like it did earlier, which it indeed just has. Okay, this is going to be fun. So, our game, right, it actually was impossible by the way. I know I told you it was really easy, but it wasn't. It was actually impossible. There's a restarting computer. Okay. So, the whole... Sorry, am I doing this? I did this last time I was here, sorry. So, still doing this again? What am I doing wrong? Right, okay, we're just going to go for it, and hopefully this computer will decide to hurry up and come with me. Okay, so... The reason that game is impossible... <laughs> I didn't lie, I'm sorry. But it's impossible. So, what I want to look at, and what I want to try and compare that to, are expectations. Okay? The reason that game is impossible is because the expectation is impossible. I don't quite know how it works. Apparently you can hold your toes and jump backwards. <laughs> Apparently you can hold the back of your feet and you can jump forwards, but you can't, apparently like one in a million people can do it, but we'll just say it's impossible because it helps the point better. Okay? So, it cannot be done because the expectation is impossible. And when I've been thinking, you know, we've got this title that's not there. This question, am I good enough? Okay? And to start off with, To start off with, the simple and short answer is no. But, there is a massive but that follows this. Okay. So, I want you to think of some of the expectations that you face. I want you to think of some of the difficult, the expectations that you don't feel good enough for. They might be the expectations that you face at school. They might be the expectations you face at work. They might be the expectations you face at home or maybe even in our relationships. You know, maybe it's things like, I don't think I'm quite good enough at my exams. Maybe you're expected to get straight A's and you're not quite there and actually it's making you feel really, really down. Or maybe you've got friends and you think, do you know what, I'm not as beautiful as they are. And that gets you really, really down. When I was at school, I struggled quite a lot, right? This isn't about school, so But when I was at school, I struggled because at my expectation level for exams and things were way up here. I was meant to be at the top and I wasn't there. The expectations were really, really big, and I didn't meet them. <coughs> I've always been a big guy, and when I was at school, I used to feel really self-conscious about being on my way. It used to scare me. I used to be really upset. Because I didn't meet the expectation of what people say beautiful is. I didn't have a lot of those friends at school, so I used to think, man, I don't have anybody there. You know, this expectation of the cool kids, it wasn't there. And for me, I found that really, really difficult. And I don't know if you're in the same boat as that. I don't know if there's expectations that you face that are really, really hard. 
that you can't quite meet and how it makes you feel. You know, do you know people that are really, really talented? These really, really annoying people that are good at everything, right? They're really good at sport. They can play guitar really, really well. They can do all these things and you're just like, man, I'm not quite there. I'm not quite there at all. How does it make you feel? And at the same time, what about women in church? When we hear all these things that we should be doing. All the great things that are written in the Bible, the great things that we're commanded to do. But actually, we're not doing a lot. We feel like God's expectation is up here. And I'm away, way down here. We read in Romans 3, 23, we read that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The answer there, are we good enough? Are we good enough for God? The answer is no. The answer is no. Because we're fallen, because we're sinful, we are not good enough for God. And I don't know about you, but there's part of that, that if we take Jesus out of the picture, that's a bit scary. You know, I don't know how that makes you feel. I have a friend, and I'm currently helping him paint his house. And um, he's really scared of the house. He was at the bottom of the ladder, I was at the top of the ladder. And I was painting away. And this massive drip came and landed in the back of his head. So it you know, looked like a spot had come and done his business in the back of his head. So I thought it would be really funny not to tell him. Knowing that he was going to a conference. I thought it would be quite funny. He never really. He didn't shower after painting the mirror or something. Like, and I thought. So he went out with this big bit of paint on the back of his head. That looked like Bond had done some business. Um, and, you know, nobody pointed it out to him when he was there. Nobody pointed it out to him. So all he did was this embarrassing mark on the back of his head. And somebody could have prevented that by just saying, I could have prevented that. By just saying, man, you've got this thing on the back of your head and take care of it. And it's the same thing when we look at our expectations when we look at God. That sometimes, do you know what? We need a really harsh answer that actually, see on our own, we're not good enough. <coughs> we're not good enough and we need something. Okay, we're finally getting that. So, <coughs> Hallelujah. You're not getting a PowerPoint, I'm afraid. But, finally, we're almost there. So, yes, we've got all these expectations. We've got all these things that are really difficult. Just bear with me too much. We will get there, I promise. I was doing this earlier. Why don't we turn to each other and say hello? Let's welcome each other. Just stay busy for a minute. Stay busy for a minute. I promise I'll be back in track in a second.
Let's keep going. So, we're not good enough. We're not good enough. And the things that we face, we're not good enough to, on our own, take on the difficult things. But there's this big massive but that enshrines all of this. And the big massive but in all of this is Jesus. The big massive but that means no longer do we have to be good enough. The answer is Jesus. Because you see, before Jesus, right, we had to obey. We had to be right up there. We had to be righteous before God to be accepted by God. Why? Because God is perfect. God's perfect. His standard is perfect. So what's the only thing that can satisfy perfection is perfection. So the only thing that could settle the, the only thing that could come to God, the only thing that could settle the wrath of God was something perfect. And that something perfect we know is Jesus. That Jesus came, Jesus came in our place as a perfect sacrifice. We read in Romans 5. You see, just at the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die eh, for a righteous person. What he's saying is, if we were perfect, we'd have no need for Jesus. Oh, we're there. Praise the Lord. Okay. Bring it back on track. Okay? So what it means is that if we met God's expectations, if we met the level of perfection that God requires, there would be no need for Jesus. Okay? There would be no need for our faith in Jesus. But we're not perfect. And the expectation that's here, Jesus came and Jesus fulfilled that expectation. You see, we read in Ephesians 2.1 that we're dead in our trespasses and we're dead in our sins. You know, a dead person can't bring themselves back to life. A doctor can come in with those electric things and bring somebody back to life after a few months. If you're drowning, you can't undrown yourself, but somebody can come in and somebody can save you. You see, we can't bring ourselves out of the bad things and into life. We can't see God. We can't leave our sin behind. Why? Because we're dead in our sins. But what can raise a dead person? Somebody that's saved. A saviour raises from the dead. And that is why we need Jesus. So what does it take? It doesn't take us to be good enough. But it takes faith in Christ. You see, everywhere we look, everywhere we go, we're surrounded by expectations. We're surrounded by impossible tasks, like trying to win this 20 quid note. We're surrounded by a media that says, you can't win. That says, all hope is lost. We look around and we see Manchester, we see London, and we're told, that's it, that, that, that's what's coming, there's nothing better, this is just what we have to live with. But you know what, they're wrong. Because there's more to life than just what is wrong about us. <coughs> 
Follow back in Romans 5. It tells us, through him we have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. You see, none of us are good enough for God. But, because of Jesus, because of the sacrifice of Jesus, we have access into eternal life. Why? Not because I'm doing really well or I'm doing all the right things, but because I believe. Why did Jesus die? Why did God give this to us? Because it pleased him. Because it was a free gift from his incredible grace. And as the verse tells us, because of the incredible grace, because of the incredible gift, we rejoice. How can we not rejoice in giving something so incredible? And you know, what that means, and this is where it's really, really important. What this means is when things get hard, when we struggle, whatever it may be, God is with us. Full stop. Okay? If you're a Christian, God is not against you, but God is for you. In those impossible situations, God is for you and God is with you. And I want to ask a really honest question that I just want you to think about for a couple of seconds. How often do we believe that God is disappointed in us? How often do we think that God's frustrated with us? Or that God's just sitting there with his arms folded and just puts up with us. <coughs> but you know what? That's nonsense. Ephesians 1, Paul tells us that God knew us before the foundations of the world were laid. That he was going to adopt you and make you holy and blameless in his sight. Which means, whether it's a good day, whether it's a bad day, God is still working. It means that at the time when it's really, really difficult, although it can be really hard to feel God, to see God, to know that God is there, God never abandons us. And I don't know about you, but how amazing does that make God? That in everything that we do wrong, in everything that I do wrong, God stands with me. I can't think of anything more Incredible! I can't think of anything I want to serve more that I want to know more. Again, saying in Ephesians 1, we read, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he, this is the important word, lavished <coughs> upon us. This means that Jesus saves you, that Jesus forgives you because of his incredible grace. I, I really, really love this word, lavish. The word lavish means extravagant, it means plentiful, it means too much, it means over the top, it means overflowing. So, when the Bible talks about forgiveness, when the Bible talks about grace, it is lavish upon us. So that's not what I say, Jonathan, here's your bit of grace for today. Or here's your litre of forgiveness for the week. 
Because God lavishes his grace and forgiveness upon us. That's why when we ask, am I good enough? For God, God is constantly saying, yes. Because of what Jesus has done, you are good enough. And if you struggle with the expectations that are upon you, if you don't feel good enough, then you need to know that there's not a moment that Jesus hung on that cross that he in any way ever has or will regret saving you. There is no way to surprise God. You can't surprise God because he knows all, because he sees all. You know, God doesn't sit there again with his arms folded. He doesn't watch you. He doesn't watch how you're struggling and wait for you to fail. There's nothing that I can do, there's nothing any of us can do in the past or in the future that has more power than what Jesus did. And God continues to save us. Every day, every hour, every minute, every second, Jesus continues to save us. This is the yes. This is the beautiful yes to are you good enough? And because of Jesus, you're not just good enough. There's not like this line of good enough to God here. And we just scrape across it on the top here. But we are clothed in the righteousness of God. We are a new creation. And because of that, we are holy and blameless before God. We've been justified by the blood of Jesus. We've been saved from the wrath of God because Jesus the perfect sacrifice came. (coughs) This means that we are completely justified. This means that we can stand before God, we can stand and we can know that we are accepted, that we're spotless, that we're pure, that we're without sin. Why? Because Jesus did it all. That means that when God looks at us, We are just before him. That all the wrong, all the things we've done badly are gone. That every time we stand there and fear anything like me, it's quite a lot. I say my way is better than God's way. Jesus removes all of that. This is the good news. This is what's so incredible about Jesus. That it's not about our effort. We haven't earned it. We can't earn it. But we are made pure and we are made blameless before God because he is so incredible. There's one last thing I want to talk about on this. And if, therefore, if all this is true, which absolutely is, if we are justified by God's grace, by the incredible love that God's got for us, by Jesus coming and dying and coming back to life, if I'm presented before God as perfect and sinless, surely, and if it's got nothing to do with what I do, surely that means that I can do whatever I want, would be the pretty logical conclusion. Surely it means that my actions actually don't matter. And I know some of you may be sitting thinking, that's class. I can do whatever I want. It doesn't matter all these rules. I don't need to worry about it. 
But actually, the Apostle Paul writes about that. He predicts this and is speaking into something at the time. He asks the question, so can we keep on sinning? Because if I keep sinning and Jesus forgives me, does that mean I get more grace? So actually, I'm doing better. And Paul replies, with by no means. He says, how can we die to sin when we see Jesus and still want to live in it? You see, if Jesus did something so incredible, if God accepted us, how can we not want to follow? How can we not want to obey such an incredible God? Yes, we'll never be perfect. Yes, we'll struggle. But we should always do our best to obey God. Not because being accepted or our salvation depends upon it but because God saved us. You see, as much as our parents and stuff can tell us to do things just because I told you so, that's a pretty good reason, I don't know what. But, you see, we obey our parents because God commanded it. That's why we should obey our parents, because God commanded it. And you see, because God has accepted us, we should want to obey God. Therefore, if God commands something, I should want to do it. There's a really good explanation as to why you have to listen to your parents. Okay? But that's the sort of thing that I'm trying to get at. And you know, every religion in this world teaches us that you have to obey. And when you obey well, then you'll be accepted. Once you do good things, once you help old ladies cross the street and you're a nice person, you do enough of those sort of things. Once you meet the certain criteria, you tick the right number of boxes, you might be accepted. But Jesus, Christianity teaches us that because we're accepted, that is why we obey. So our question again, am I good enough? Because of Jesus, each one of us is more than good enough. We are made holy and we are made blameless before God. We can walk and we can talk in confidence because we know that our identity is in God and it's not in ourselves. I'm going to invite the band to come back up. Um, and I just want to mention our prayer section over here. Uh, there'll be a few of us standing over here. Um, if you want anybody to pray with you or just to talk to uh, about any of these things, about some of the expectations that you face, about some of the things that you're struggling with, if you don't know Jesus, I, I want to start asking questions about knowing Jesus because this is totally awesome, which it absolutely is. Come speak to us. Pray with us. Um, yeah, please feel free to do so. Thank you that you sent your son, that Jesus volunteered to come into this world. Not because he had to, not because he was obligated to, but because you love us so much. Lord, we thank you for the free gift that is you. 
Father, we thank you for the opportunity of eternal life that we have because of the sacrifice of Jesus. Father, would you help us to meditate on that and reflect on that as we move into our time of worship? Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you're perfect. We thank you for all that you do for us. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen.